Hey, Trinity Life, we are continuing our Revive One Another series. I got Adam here with me, and we're doing, well, you already read, verses 1 through 6 today out of chapter 4, which is focusing on the theme of one another hearing. Now, at our church, we always talk about hearing and obeying. Talk about hearing the voice of God and then following through and obeying His voice. And so this is... This is around that. What does one another hearing look like? What does it look like for us to help each other hear from the Lord? What does it look like for us to hear from one another from the Lord? What does it look like to, for you to hear from the Lord? Uh, and again, in this series, we have just read the passage over and over again, and that has led up to this. So we're going to share with you what God has shared with us out of this passage. And then also, in honor of our global gift back in May, which uh, you know, we told our groups that uh, if they if they rallied their troops, raised a certain amount of money, that we would do a word drop in the sermon time. And so, watch out for that word, which is more like a phrase, mm-hmm. a, whole, a whole novel, yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is a phrase today. Uh, we'll try to drop that in as as much as we can. So, <clears throat> um, yeah, let's let's jump into this passage, Adam. Uh, again, he starts off here with beloved, which. I mean, he's talking about, he, he uses, he's used that already. He's going to use it some more. He's, ta- he's said little children. He said children. There's all this really affectionate fatherly, fatherly language in here. Uh, so what, what's, what's something you can kick us off with? What's, what's something the Lord has shared with you through this? Um, yeah, so, I mean, pretty strong language here. One, opening up with intense intimacy, which is great. But then it, mm-hmm. it's like almost like whiplash, right? It's like, do not believe every spirit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you get you get this idea it's like hey uh we really got to focus here and there's some intense things we got to really sort out like let's separate the wheat and the chaff right now for a second you know um and so that's like all right pay attention time right um, and uh and so the word spirit is just one to hang on to i think because it's going to come up a few times um believe is an interesting thing to take apart and talk about. Um, And then also the word every, there's multiples of these things. And so, uh, I mean, just a runoff from your conversation last week is believe, you know, I posted on social media a while ago. It's like, hey, can you say you believe something and not take any action towards, you know, towards that belief, right? right? And uh, that's a really interesting question to answer. People on both sides of the fence, which I... I didn't think it would be that polarized because I tend to lean on one certain position on, on that. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, maybe we can start there with just what does that mean to believe? Because that's going to inform probably the rest of this. Yeah. Yeah. So <clears throat> reminds me of this quote uh, that we talked about recently, uh, where basically if you say one thing, but you don't do that thing, you're never going to be happy. Mm. It'll never lead to happiness. So you can say you believe this thing, but if you don't actually take an action towards that thing, well, then you're setting yourself up for grief, for yeah. disaster, for for uh, a sense of failure, for mm. um, a lack. Right. So, so I guess this, in response to that, like John could be contending with a phrase like that and say, uh, if you don't act on what you believe, but also... If you act on things, which might mean you believe it, uh, that aren't the proper spirit, you know, um, 
then you're also you could also be in for a world of pain or something, right? Right. Yeah. Right. So so then what what do you think he means by spirit here? Yeah. Um <clears throat> that's great. So I mean, in the New Testament there's a lot of talk of the Holy Spirit, especially if you read uh through the gospels, like Jesus is always acting in the power of the Holy Spirit or he's going somewhere because the Holy Spirit's leading him or whatever. Um, but every spirit means there must be more than just the Holy Spirit. But for me, it's what's the thing that causes you to move and act like Jesus right. was doing according to the Holy Spirit, right? So there's like this thing that's not fleshly that makes flesh move. Mm-hmm. You know, and so they're whatever that is, probably. Yeah. 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 So. Um, so could this when we're talking about actions and I love that, I love I love that that definition and, and explanation of of spirit. Uh, so talking here, then when he says do not believe every spirit, how do we. How do we test that? Like, how do we hear God clearly? And how can we actually test the spirits? He says, but test them. See whether they're from God. For there's many false prophets going out of the world. So how, yeah, what's what's our barometer there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so that's good. So you added a little more of this verse in here, which is great. Um, many false prophets have gone out into the world. <clears throat> um, in, in the New Testament reality, uh, is it in 1 Corinthians 14, right? It's like test when people brings a, bring a prophetic word. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like test it with each other, mm-hmm. you know? Probably the elders of the church are doing something like that. Like, hey, let's work on this. Let's talk about this. Let's- yeah. yeah, so you had the prophetic words in 1 Corinthians 14, and then also mm-hmm. in, was it 1 Thessalonians, where he talks about uh, testing it and, and holding fast to what is good. Yeah. Right, so, so we kind of... We, we kind of get rid of the bad and hold on, hold on to the good. Why does he say that here? Uh, somewhere around here, you get, I can't find it right now, but you get the, you get the picture. Mm-hmm. Hold fast what is good. Test these things. Oh, here it is. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that also adds to, to yeah. that First Corinthians passage. Yeah. So yeah, that's great. And my ultimately my answer, I think, and there's probably way more discussion to be had on this topic, but I think the answer is uh, something to do with verse two. And this is where I really feel like the Lord is speaking to me, and why I used some of the language I did earlier. Um, <clears throat> by this to know you. By this you know the Spirit of God. Right. So mm-hmm. here's the answer. This is how you know that it is the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And I just I found that such an interesting way to, uh, to know what the spirit of God is. It's like, why does he say every spirit has come in the flesh is one that is from God? And I get that there's some historical context may matter, like this fight against Gnosticism, and blah, blah, blah. Um, but I think it actually is probably intentionally larger than that because the word of God transcends even that culture and is like Mm -hmm. effective and meaningful for us now. And it's because Jesus Christ is, is, uh, God taken on the meat 
and living among us. And so it's, you test the spirit. There's a false prophet, prophet whose meat is moving according to something that is false. And so watch how people move and act. And if their meat is living out like Jesus was living out and moving in the world and like motivated by the same things that Jesus' meat was motivated by, right? Taking on the flesh. That's what's the Holy Spirit. Mm. You know? Yeah. I just was yeah. like, oh, that is so good. <clears throat> and and on the other hand, if it doesn't do that, uh, you have the spirit of the Antichrist <laughs> and, and false prophets. <laughs> yeah, totally. And so practically, like break that down for us. That's that's a pretty big that's a pretty big um, theological statement and realization for us that just given to you. What does that look like on a practical level in our lives then? Yeah, yeah. And I, and I think, um, well, you and Missy would have done a great job talking about that last week, right? And so it's kind of like, uh, here's the sample. Now go out and be watchful of the world. So I think this is almost the answer to, pre- like we have the answer to that question here, which, yeah. is, which is great. Um, <clears throat> but let's just kind of reiterate again, right? It's like, mm-hmm. how do you... Uh, so actually, say your question one more time. <laughs> yeah, what does it just look like practically to practically. actually live out, mm-hmm. to have the same spirit of Jesus, you know, empower your flesh yep. uh, to do what Jesus did? Yeah, like, well, it means, it means look for, look, know this pattern of life really well yeah. and, and live that. And so be amongst the least of these. And, right. and... Talk in stories that compel people towards wonder about the kingdom of God, Mm. you know, so that they can just, so that they actually want to reach out and touch it and experience something new. It means make your family people who actually are hearing God and obey it, right? It means, uh, you know, live a life where, you know, if you got to pay taxes, like go grab it out of the mouth of a fish, right? Yeah. It means ask go up to people and ask them to follow you so you can show them something that they're blind to currently that'll totally transform everything that they are yeah you know it's like so there you go that's the start of a good answer i think yeah yeah (laughs) and that's i think that's that should be so we should ask ourselves what does our life look like that sure yeah totally yeah if you want it and that's always the best place to start right so test the spirits it's like yeah Okay, God, start with me. That's essentially what you're saying, right? Mm-hmm. Like we should ask that question here first, because yeah. if I can't take care of the spirit that is in me and have that dealt with first, I should have no business trying to go out there and figure out the spirits elsewhere, you know? Um, so yeah, good question. <laughs> yeah. So then, okay, let's start there. Yeah. <clears throat> what does that look like for us? I think... Self-examination mm-hmm. is against our fleshly motivation. Ooh, yeah, that's how true is that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we see it in the Garden of Eden. Yeah, right. It's like, wait, why did you eat of, of that? Yeah. Well, she gave it to me. Yeah, it's their fault. Yeah, yeah. and then she says, oh, the serpent made me do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so... There's so much blame, blame, pointing of fingers. Um, uh, so self-examination kind of falls to the wayside. 
And, uh, but that is where we should start. We should start with us. And so practically, how do we do that? Like, how do I examine myself? Yeah. And what, what does that look like? Yeah, I mean, that's great. I mean, probably a really good answer is just start in prayer and ask the Lord to help you see yourself. So just open myself up to self-examination. That would be a good start. Yeah, so yeah, start there. <laughs> yeah. Um, Don't close my heart to saying, God, is there something wrong here? Right, totally. Yeah, I mean. I mean, I think we talked about that last week. Doesn't he talk about closing the heart? Oh, he talks about closing the heart to your brother in need. Yeah, so that imagery is already there. Hmm. So open your heart to the Lord mm-hmm. and say, is there something, is there something off here? Yeah, right. It's like uh, your brother's in need and you close your heart to that. It's like the, the brother in need is the, the person Jesus was always like con- dealing with helping mm-hmm. or around or having mm-hmm. compassion for, right? Yeah. The Sermon on the Mount, he looks out and he sees the poor in the spirit. He sees the brokenhearted. He sees the yeah. persecuted. He sees the, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think also we have to, so in order, so we talked about prayer. Yeah. This book right here, the word is a mirror to our souls. Mm -hmm. And so we can't actually test the spirits and live like Jesus unless we know what Jesus lived like and what he looked like. Yeah. And my fear for a lot of people in the church who've been in church and around church for a while is that if Jesus walked into our space, they wouldn't recognize him at all. Yeah, yeah. He wouldn't be welcome, probably. He might not even be welcome. <laughs> that guy smells funny, you know? Yeah, he says funny things. He does strange things. He's yeah. telling us we need to change things. Yeah. Nobody likes change, right? <laughs> He's telling us we need to do things differently. He's, he's telling us to be bolder, to move forward. He's telling us to go share our faith. He's telling us that we need to be with him more. And we don't want any of that. Yeah. Um, and, and so I, my, my fear is a lot of people who are in the church would miss him. They would just completely miss him or they would turn him away. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in order for us to actually test the spirits, we actually have to be formed by the Holy Spirit. We have to actually be in the word and know who Jesus is and what he looks like and what he would do. Um, and in order to do that, John talks about the world versus versus um, these spirits in the world. And he says, you know, they're, they're from the world. Uh, they speak from the world. The world listens to them, but we're from God. And, and whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. And by this, we know the, the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Yeah. And so there has to be a, a, a detachment from the world and an attachment to the word. Mm-hmm. And, and um, I don't know what, well, I think I do know what your experience of this is. If you ask the average person who says they're a Christian, yeah. like, what's the last thing they've heard from God in the word? What are they going to say to you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you don't even have to limit it to the word. You could just say hear from God <laughs> through anything. Right. Yeah. Uh, and actually one of my earliest stories about this, I just met Jesus. I was like trying to contend with this, you know, um, and figure it out. And I was in my first journey through the new Testament. Um, and I asked somebody who'd been, they said they were Christian for 18 years. I said, 
you know, it's something along the lines of like, man, this book is like changing my life. Have you ever read the whole thing? <laughs> yeah. And they were like, I've never read the whole thing. Hmm. And something in my heart just like, like just sank. Yeah. I was like, yeah, this thing is like changing my whole life. What do you mean you, right? like, does it, and, and this is early on, right? I'm like, so once you finish, like, do you get one go through it and then it just stops working or, <laughs> like, you know, you, you, you've like absorbed all its power and it just, you know, these, these experiences I'm having in here just like disappear or I don't yeah. know. Um, thankfully I just persevered through it. And after I read through it the first time I read through it again, it still is happening. It's very, yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> I'm exaggerating a little bit, but, um, but then I've also continued to have those experiences where I'll walk into a room uh, and there'll be maybe even just a group of leaders around. And I'll say like, Hey, what do you guys hear from God these days? And everyone takes a step back, puts himself in a defensive posture and is like, that's a really big question. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, Oh, I thought that was just like a normal question. Right. That we who are aligned in Christ, that, that this is just our experience, whether you're having a really hard time in life or not, you know? Yeah. Um, Cause even in the worst circumstances, you know, like I thought I read at some point that we can rejoice no matter what our circumstances, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. uh, you would hope you could at least, if you don't feel like you're rejoicing, you hopefully you can still feel like you're hearing something yeah. from God. But anyways. Yeah, but, exactly. Uh, but to your earlier point, like, and I think this is where the apostolic nature of our faith is very important. It's like whoever knows God listens to us. And I don't think that's like, um, like you guys said last week, right? Do everything I say. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, it's not like that. It's, uh, it's Paul to Timothy, like, um, for what has been given to me, I pass on to you. Yeah. Like it's, one of the best systematic theologies I ever read started with the apostolic nature of the passing on of what's been given to us. Yeah. Right. It's and that's imitate a, me as I imitate Christ. Yeah, totally. Yeah. There's a lot of times we start in a systematic theology with like a, a a very rational argumentation of why there is a God or why God is a certain God. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, no, this systematic theology started with, I received something and I pass it on. It was like, this is so cool and refreshing. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. I love that. And, and, uh, you know, as we, detach ourselves from the things of this world as we become yeah as we detach ourselves that's really what we have to do and attach ourselves more to the things of god and the kingdom of god and and the word is part of that um we will actually start to test the spirits and it's not in in an and easily like it's not it's not even uh it's it's not difficult because the, the voices of the world aren't distracting and, and pulling you away in different directions. And, mm-hmm. and so the more we're, we're here in the word, the more we're hearing from God, the more we're opening ourselves up to that, uh, the more that that will be the case. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me of the people of Israel at Mount Sinai when God wants them to approach the mountain in Exodus 19 and they all shrink back. Yeah. They all just like go backwards and, and, uh, and, you know, I'll, we, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, uh, in, I think the second chapter of John, 
of First John. And so uh, there's this shrinking back. And, and that's what you, that's when you said that story about you being in a room of church leaders and then shrinking back when you ask that question, it's like, oh, mm. that's, that's not a good place to be in. Mm. Uh, there's fear of, oh, of exposure, of being known. There's, there's fear of, oh, I don't know if I have that relationship. Moses, you go do it and you can be our, our mediator. Um, I, we'll just have a relationship with God through you, Moses. And it's like, oh, how many of, how many, how many, People do we have out there who are like, oh, I'm just going to have a relationship with God through you, pastor. I'm just going to have a relationship of, with, with God through this, this medium. When Paul says to Timothy, well, no, there's only one mediator mm-hmm. between God and man, and that's Christ Jesus. Right? So, mm-hmm. um, And you think like that moment's got to be so, uh, if, you're, if you're God, you're like, hey, I'm trying to lead you into Scarborough, the land flowing of milk and honey. Sorry, not Scarborough, the promised land. Yeah, <laughs> the land you know. Sometimes you know. people do think Scarborough is a land of milk and honey, but I don't know why they think that. <laughs> um, and uh, and you're like, you know, I want to take you to this place, right? Like, please come, mm. you know. And to step back, it's like, oh man. Yeah. 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 It's a, uh, you know, let's, let's, um, let's talk, or before I go into this, anything else you want to point out in these, in these six verses, oh. anything else the Lord has spoken to you? Oh yeah. Like I could, I could go on and on. But so when you were talking earlier about, uh, discerning and it's actually like with, with good, you know, word foundation, which, the meat sack that God took on was the word become flesh. <laughs> That's not our word of the day. <laughs> that should have been. Someone should have submitted that. <laughs> um, yeah, that would have been a good one for today. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, you said, like, so the word becomes flesh. And, you know, if we spend a lot of time in the word, then our flesh, as we navigate the world, can do better at discerning. Um, that like you you actually start to see beautiful truth like the process of discerning mm-hmm. the spirits actually opens up the world to be more beautiful right and you actually get to start seeing truth everywhere more yeah. clearly and in a more helpful way yeah right? and i think we're all this is why you got like self-help everywhere and all sorts of religions and all sorts of stuff is because they grab a piece of truth and it becomes everything right you know and when you're when you're well versed in the word and embodying it fleshing it out uh then the world just opens up to you Hmm. now the inverse of that is if you're not in the word and you're not fleshing it out the falsehood that's out there, the false prophet, the false meat sacks that are walking around embodying a different word just take you out. Yeah. So easily. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think two things uh, maybe we can talk about as we, as you start to close this out are he addresses uh, us uh, and them who he's writing to as beloved. Mm-hmm. So you, you recognize that intimacy. And then he also says little children. And 
you know, it's like we said, like we've been saying over the, over the preceding weeks, this is over and over again that he talks to us like this. And uh, I, I just wonder, I, I feel like my, my understanding of why is, is developing more and more. Um, and, and I wonder if, so one, if we're not in this intimate personal relationship with the father, uh, and with those, I mean, basically John is the discipler here and he's saying, Hey, beloved. So it's a, mm-hmm. it's a dual reality. It's you are beloved. You're beloved by the father, but you're also my beloved. Mm-hmm. And I, I love you guys. I, I've laid my life down for you. Um, <clears throat> and he's modeling Christ after that. And then little children, that's also a dual reality. It's, it's the, our father to us as children. Uh, but there's also a discipleship thing there as well. I mean, Paul uses this terminology when he writes letters as well. It's, it's, um, it's, so John is saying, you are my disciples and I'm discipling you um, as, as children. And I feel like, uh, and we talked about this a few weeks ago, but there's a sense where we buck up against that. Hmm. Like against the humility, against the the vulnerability of that, mm-hmm. of that reality. And and when we do so, I think we close our hearts off to that truth that you talk about, the beauty of that truth, the the ability to test the spirits, the capability to hear from God. Uh, because we haven't fully submitted ourselves as little helpless children in this mm-hmm big world, big universe, where we are this little piece in, where we recognize that we are literally just a, uh, a gnat compared to God, right? And that like a speck of dust, mm-hmm. uh, here today, gone tomorrow. And if we can fully grasp the belovedness of our position before God, the, the, small childness of it, but also of our position before others who want to give what they've received to us and not feel this hubris like, oh, like, uh, you know, what are who are you? This? What do you yeah. have to say? Yeah. yeah. But feel that to, to um, someone who's now in a meat sack. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, do they have meat sacks in, Scar- in Scarborough where it's the they, land of milk and honey? It, that's pretty much all they have. It's just milk and honey in Scarborough. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and so uh, if we could truly do that, submit ourselves to one another out of reverence for Christ, because that's what, what, what this is about. Um, I think like, we would see what you just laid mm-hmm. out for us, the, the beauty and, and the majesty of, of truth everywhere that God has placed for mm-hmm. us to pick up and to give to others and to receive and I mean, the reality is, just like a little child, I recognize I would not be able to survive without God. I wouldn't want to. Mm-hmm. I want to depend on him for everything. And, and I think once you get to that point, you can, you can accept submitting to one of that reference for Christ. And, and you can also start to see what, what, what you were talking about. So yeah, any words on that before we? This is beautiful. Um, can we take this last two minutes? Yeah. Sweet. So <clears throat> question, if, uh, 
If someone is saying something that seems true, how much validity should we put into what their meat is doing in discerning whether that's true or not? Because that's probably a question a lot of people have, especially with church leaders failing left, right, and center, mega church yeah. pastors, all this crazy stuff, or even just your own spouse who seems like maybe betrays you one day for whatever, yeah. you know? Uh, what, do you, yeah. what do you think about that? Yeah, I think... Um, It's important not to myopically reduce the sample size to where I determine the type of person you are based on one action. Uh, so to take mm-hmm. take the forest for the trees and to see that. That doesn't negate different trees that are bad mm-hmm. in there or, 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 or good. Um, but I think it's important to to, to see that as a whole uh, because our God is a God of forgiveness and reconciliation and redemption. Uh, and so we get to offer that to people too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think once you have a pattern of once, and you can see a pattern pretty quickly. I mean, I'm not talking about you got to wait till someone has lived 80 years, right? You can see a pattern, pattern pretty quickly of someone who is not a person of integrity who, and this is from, uh, the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus says, hey, let your yes be ne- yes, and your no be no. Um, or someone who, you know, this, this always gets me. <laughs> People think, you know, you, you talk to somebody who's, um, or maybe if you know somebody who's, who is having an affair on somebody else or who's cheating. Like a King David. Yeah. And, and the person who they're cheating with is like, and you're like, hey, wouldn't, like, do, doesn't that make you question, like, their integrity? And like, oh, no, they would never cheat on me. <laughs> You're like, hmm. but they literally are cheating on their spouse who they stood up before hundreds of people and declared public vows before them and God. Yeah. And now you're saying they want to do that to you. Like, and so that's where, where I'm like, okay, you, there's no ability to test the spirits there. <laughs> uh, and, and, and so that's where you can see, and that's just a, pretty egregious example of where, you know, you just look at the pattern of someone's life yeah. and you can see like, hey, they say these things, but they don't follow through on them. They don't, they don't believe those things. And I think if you actually believe something, it will shape the way you act. Yeah. It has to. Um, so if you tell me you believe that Jesus is, Jesus is Lord, but your life doesn't show it well, then I know what you really believe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that would be a good place to conclude. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is is Jesus your Lord? Um, and hopefully a good discussion between us, one another, mm-hmm. hearing each other, hearing from the word and uh, and having then you hear us um, and the word has uh, done something for you. And so yeah. um, I guess we should go out in prayer. And, yeah, let's pray. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Father. Uh, thank you for your word. Thank you that it is just what we need. That it is a mirror to our souls. That it's, um, that if we open our hearts, you will show us your goodness. We will taste and know that you are good. And so God, for our church, make us a people who submit ourselves as little children to your guidance, your care, your 
your will, your desires, your plan. And may we also submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Mm -hmm. We love you, Jesus. We pray this in your name. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen.